We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi there, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Monday, November 6th. My name is Chris Crawford. I'm joined by my good friend, Drew Silva. Uh, we're going to be going over some free agent rankings. It is that time. It is the offseason. But first, we're going to talk about um, the carousel of carousels of manager Palooza, I guess we're going to call it. And I think we have to start, Drew, with probably one of the more shocking managerial things that I have seen. Like, now, look, was I sh- shocked when Tony La Russa got hired by the White Sox? Yeah, I was, even though there was some smoke to that fire. There was no smoke to this one. Craig Council is now the manager of the Chicago Cubs, getting the largest contract in managerial history. And when we're talking about managerial history, we're not talking about him squeaking by it. We're talking about close to double the largest contract that was out there right now. 4.5 was the previous high. Now $8 million. David Ross obviously let go in a decision that uh, I wonder how surprised he was by this. Uh, Drew, this is all just kind of shocking. Yeah, it was a wild Monday for managerial news, and we can run through them all here, uh, all the, the news that broke on Monday. And Yeah, man, Council gets a five-year contract worth more than $40 million. You, you just don't see money like that for – managers very often like you mentioned i, I think we have four and a half million terry francona was up in that range uh, toward mm-hmm. the end of his tenure in cleveland i think he left as the highest paid manager joe torrey got a big contract from the yankees like a few decades ago sure um but you've seen how like the manager role has kind of been devalued in baseball we're off in the front office is like really calling the shots and they don't want to pay managers big money but here come the Cubs with that kind of offer. The Brewers reportedly offered him around five and a half million annually to stay. Um, the Mets were around seven million reportedly, and then the Cubs jump in all of a sudden at more than eight million dollars. And yeah, to put that number into context, like no player on the Oakland A's made that much last season. It might be close to like the A's entire payroll, or it's yeah. like legitimately like a third of it. That eight million dollars. Um, and I like the this number I saw. I forget who tweeted it out, but Craig Council made twenty point nine million dollars total during his sixteen year playing <laughs> career. Um, and he was a you know he was a pretty good player. Like got on base at a good clip. Wasn't known for for much having much power. Yeah, I guess you kind of feel bad for for David Ross. I mean, he was under contract through next season with an option for two thousand twenty five and. 
in this situation, like it's worth noting that Cubs chairman Tom Ricketts and president of baseball operations Jed Hoyer both said publicly at the end of this season that Ross had their full support. The, the actual quote from Ricketts, he said, Rossi had a great season and the players play hard for him. He's our guy. He's a great manager. You know, they were 10 games under 500 at, at one point, got to within a game of qualifying for the playoffs. So, th- yeah, this largely came out of nowhere, and it's quite a splash. That Like nine years ago this week or last week, toward, at the end of whatever season that was when the Cubs fired Rick Renteria kind of suddenly and hired Joe Madden, you know, as the team was starting to to sure. see an upward trajectory. So maybe there's like some through lines with this Madden then led them to their first world series title since 1908. Ross was on that team, hit a famous home run in game seven of the world series, but yeah, now he's out as manager as the team, I think, you know, st- starts to head in a better direction. They've opened up the purse strings. They've got some young talent. So similar script to what happened nine years ago and just, just odd timing with how it, how it all went down and with what was being said, Council's regarded as, you know, one of the better managers in baseball. Mm-hmm. Is this the way you want to spend $40 million? Um, if you're the Cubs and you kind of print cash, I guess, why not? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to be just fine. By the way, uh, my favorite quote of all time, and it's being retweeted a bunch today, of how Craig Council helped Prince Fielder as a teammate. There was this one time I was thinking about bunting. He told me if I bunted, he would punch me in the face. One of the greatest quotes of all. So don't expect many bunts. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I would say. By the way, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Milwaukee does this offseason. There's rumors about some, you know, there's always stuff in Milwaukee about cash cutting. I imagine this will be a job people are pretty interested in. And I would imagine that it's one that gets filled fairly quickly. Um, wouldn't be shocked if they were interested in someone like, well, I think they'll definitely go the analytical route. That is one thing that the Brewers have, are pretty known for, the methodical type of thing, probably a yes man that can answer to their front office type of deal. So that'll be interesting. It, all signs kind of pointed to that if Craig Council was going to go somewhere else, it was going to be the Mets or the Yankees, but that isn't what happened here. He ends up going to a very big market team, whether they want to admit it or not, and gets a certainly a big market contract along the way. Uh, speaking of the Mets, Carlos Mendoza is now their new manager. This one surprised me a little bit, Drew. I kind of thought they would go with somebody with a little bit more managerial experience, even though, you know, we often see it go the other way around. Buck Walter obviously has plenty of managerial experience, and that didn't go so well. But Carlos Mendoza, a guy who has been um, highly thought after for a while. And then Stephen Vogt. Uh, I got to tell you, as a Mariner fan, this one kind of disappoints me. He's been talked about quite a bit as being a big part of that clubhouse. Uh, going to be the new manager of the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, does either one of these excite you more than the other? Um, sometimes when we're talking about managers, it's like, I feel like I'm not adding anything interesting to the conversation. Like who knows how it's going to work out. Sure. But with the Mets, like, you know, as as we said previously, they've made a run at council reportedly offered him around $7 million annually. So I think they wanted him real bad. They probably thought that that number would get the job done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before the Cubs stormed in, and so, yeah, ultimately go with with Carlos Mendoza, who was in the Yankees system for like 14 years, part of their minor league coaching staff, um, was the bench coach for Aaron Boone, I think, for the last four years. Very well respected within the Yankees organization. They were There were a lot of glowing things being said after that news broke on Monday. Obviously knows the New York area and 
has some experience with maybe how to navigate the unique New York media scene, unique New York. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, word is that Mendoza excelled in the interview process with the Mets and yeah, now moves over to Queens, taking over for Buck Showalter. I think seems like a good fit from, from what we know sure. um, as, as like a backup option after they lost out on camp council. Steven votes interesting, like no manager experience. Um, he was a really popular clubhouse presence in every clubhouse he was ever a player in. Um, what did he play for six different teams about um, retired in 2022 after heading back to the A's for a little stint worked as the bullpen and, and quality control coach for your Mariners last season. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to expect, but he seems like he's, he's going to be a player's manager that is very well liked and is going to be a lot cheaper than Francona if the guardians want to spend some, spend that money in a different way. Yeah. So with council M Mendoza and, and vote now in place, there are, I think four managerial jobs still open around baseball angels. Uh, Buck Showalter is being talked about there. I, that kind of seems like something they might do. Um, they're, they're really into the veteran managers in Anaheim. Yes, um, Astros, I think is a really intriguing job. I don't know how far along they are in their process. Uh, Padres obviously would be an attractive job. And now the Brewers are open as yeah. we said. So uh, still some things to be decided. Uh, before you know free agency really gets into full swing with on the player side at least yeah it's interesting that three of those teams you're talking about as postseason teams and uh, a couple of them with deep runs especially yeah. the Astros I'll be really interesting it always seemed like the Astros made more sense as an internal promotion for Dusty Baker I don't know who exactly that would be mm. but just kind of makes sense we see that a lot with retiring managers who leave on their own accord uh, that there is usually somebody it's like place, a succession line in a, place. Yeah. A, a, a succession yeah. line, yeah. I don't think Roan or Shiv are going to get that one, but I do think that we will <laughs> see someone pretty good in that job. Uh, Drew, thoughts and prayers to everybody who is working news on Rotowire right now because about 400 transactions just got announced as we were going on. I want to talk about just a couple real quick. Um, the Braves, uh, or excuse me, Atlanta exercised the option on Charlie Morton's contract for the 2024 season and declined the options on Colin McHugh, Kirby Yates, and Eddie Rosario. I think Rosario's market is going to be an interesting one. He wasn't very good over these last couple of years, but has had enough success that I think there could be some interesting stuff. A move that happened that I think is a little interesting for fantasy, Christian Bethencourt was claimed off waivers today by the Guardians. I think that could be an interesting fit as a platoon with Bo Naylor. And the one that's really interesting to me is Josh Fleming gets claimed by the Philadelphia Phillies. Fleming showed some flashes of brilliance as a Tampa Bay guy. I could see Fleming being a back-end type of starter. There is just a ton of stuff that's happening right now, Drew. Matt Chapman officially getting the qualifying offer. We're going to talk about that in a sec. This is one of the more nutty days, unfortunately. If you are somebody who uh, likes your uh, your fantasy sports, give your fantasy sports writers a uh, thank you today <laughs> because today can be a really, really tough day, especially for the baseball writers. Yeah, there are a few dates like these in November where you just get hounded with transactions. Like we're coming up on the non-tender deadline. I think that's next Tuesday, and there's always you know teams are reworking their forty-man rosters, and there will be a lot of transactions. At that time, too. Yeah, I agree with you. Fleming is kind of, uh, you know, getting into a different system and, and mm -hmm. seeing what he can do. He's got really good raw stuff. I, we've kind of been waiting for the Christian Bettencourt thing to, like, improve. There's some offensive talent there, and may maybe he gets it going. 
um, in a new spot too. I, 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 I always assumed like, I don't, none of the option decisions really surprised me. I would say no. Uh, like I thought maybe the white Sox would hold on to Tim Anderson, but he was right. so brutal last year and they probably feel like let's kind of see what his market is. And then we can bring him back if we want to. Um, Cause I mean, there's a like he's always been a flawed player, and finally the kind of the bottom dropped out, and there were durability issues, and they the White Sox probably need to to retool in some fashion anyway. So even if they lose him, like maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world just to kind of change the the look and feel of that club. Yeah, I would agree with that. The other one that just uh, got announced too that is a smidgen interesting maybe for AL only leagues is Oakland just claimed Miguel Andahar off of waivers for the Pirates. There were some flashes not that long ago. Even down the stretch last year in Pittsburgh, he was pretty good. Yeah. You know, I could, I could see. He's going to play a lot now in in Oakland. But you know what I love? He hasn't had an opportunity to play consistently at the major league level. His triple A numbers are always good. And that's a perfect landing spot. If if he's going to be, you know, a legitimate major league baseball player, this would be the opportunity for him to show that he can be that. How long, how much longer are we calling him Oakland for? So they're voting on that, right? At the, is that the owners meetings later this month? Yeah. Um, Man. So, so they're, man. So they're going to play potentially in like Las Vegas's minor league ballpark next year. I I don't know. Yeah. That's that's really sad. That's it's really sad. It's, it's honestly heartbreaking because And just remember this, folks, don't blame Oakland fans. Do not no, blame no. them. They are not the, the reason that fans. this is happening. They are awesome fans that have been given the absolute word I'm not allowed to say on this podcast by their ownership group. Uh, by the way, I love that we're going to go from uh, talking about Christian Bethencourt to Shohei Otani uh-huh. because of a, a certain tweet from a certain guy. Uh, but first, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, 
So we are going to talk about the top 25 free agents. We're going to use a little list that was put together through MLB.com. And, you know, we were planning on doing this anyway, but the fact that this list came out certainly helped. Uh, Drew, who, who do you think is the number one free agent? Mm, Harrison Bader. Oh, he just missed the okay. list. It's actually Shohei Otani. Oh, so, I know that guy. Right. So Shohei Otani, who will be winning an MVP in about a week and a half or so, something along those lines. Um, that'll be fun. His second one uh, hits free agency market, even knowing that he's not going to be available as a pitcher after a second elbow surgery torn UCL. He's still going to be able to hit, it looks like, and hit very well. Um, it's likely that he's going to be able to pitch in 2025. So that's going to be another boon. He's only 29 years old. It seems like he's been around forever, but there is an awful lot to like about this skill set. I mean, this is like as interesting as the Aaron Judge situation was, Drew. This just, I can't compare it to anything other than LeBron James hitting free agency. Well, I think actually Aaron Judge is a good name to bring up in this because Otani has the second best OPS in baseball since the beginning of the 2021 season behind Goodness. only Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge signed for, what was it, nine years, $360 million. Correct. Um, so with his hitting prowess alone, Otani probably deserves to, or deserves not really the word in free agency, but like can command – 350 plus million just on his ability to hit. Um, and then you add in the pitching stuff and I guess, yeah, you know, I wish the elbow didn't flare up again. So we didn't have to, to really break this down into, is he going to pitch again? Right. Or how effective is he going to be? Like this is the second serious elbow surgery that he's had for that UCL. I don't, I don't know that like uh, the, the team that signs him can't be fully confident that you're going to get much of him much out of him as a pitcher. Right. I, I think it'd be, it would be smart for them to look at it, at it as like, that's just gravy. If he's able to return as a pitcher mm -hmm. and to, and to like actually be a legitimate starter. Um, Cause I don't know. I don't know if it's, but Hey, once you lock him into like a 10 year contract, you, you have like more openness to, to trying it because he's going to be there for the long haul. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think the number is? Where do you think he, he winds up landing? I feel like it's not going to touch 500 million. If he hadn't had this elbow, this second elbow surgery, I think he tops 500 million. I think he's going to fall short of it because of that. I think he's going to fall short of it, but not by a lot. I yeah. think he's going to, we're going to be looking at something along the, he's certainly going to pass judge. It is going to be a bigger contract than what judge got. And it should be higher. Like even just as a hitter, I think Shohei Otani's contract should be higher than him because he can do more for you. Like he is, Judge may be a little better for average just because the ball jumps off the bat so much. But when you consider the power, when you consider the speed, when you consider the on-base skills, and again, this is not an insult to, to Arson Judge, who we were talking about, they think at this point last year. Um, I'm going to guess 12 years, $480 million, and I'm going to guess that he gets that from the Los Angeles Dodgers. It just makes too much sense. It just makes too much sense. I think the Mariners are going to give it to the old college try because they always give it the old college try and then they end up going somewhere else. I've seen this before. I think the giants might be the second place team here just, yeah, you know, man, because of what they did um, coming so close to getting Aaron judge coming so beyond close to getting Carlos Correa, right? You know, they're willing to sign that money to spend that money. It's just a matter of whether or not Shohei Otani is going to want to be a San Francisco giant. 
I think he'd like to stay in Los Angeles, and that's why the Dodgers make so much sense. And he's going to have unbelievable fantasy upside, even if he isn't pitching. And we know he isn't pitching in 2024. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think the Giants are, are going to make a real run at this. They've been wanting to give someone a lot of money for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just like hasn't worked out that the sure. Correa physical that scared them. Uh, judge decided not to, to to move out of the Bronx. I don't know. I I think the Red Sox are kind of an interesting dark horse. Mm. Uh, sure. You know, they they have a new GM in place, Craig Breslow. Uh, you know, their their owner Tom Henry showed up at that Breslow press conference, but didn't talk to the media. He hasn't talked to the media actually since at right after the Mookie Betts trade. Um, he's gone a little, little quiet, which I guess is his right to do or something. Uh, but I think they're, they're, they have the cash to make a big splash, and you know, they need help on the hitting and pitching side, short term and long term. So I, I think they're going to be actually in this hunt. The Mets are interesting because you know Steve Cohen, the the owner there, is spends like you know money doesn't really matter. He has that kind of cash to do it. Um, that would be a huge contract for them to to give out given the, the current state of, of what they have internally already. Right. Um, and the mistakes they probably made last off. I don't know if they were mistakes, but the, they just didn't necessarily work into like a successful all around team. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but I, I think the Mets will be in there. I would agree. The Dodgers have to be kind of considered the favorite, but I think the giants are kind of right behind them and your Mariners, I'm sure are going to do everything they can to, I, to make a real play at them. I really hope so because they, they desperately need him. And, you know, I think the Mariners also view Otani as a guy that not only helps them win, but can make them a lot of money because of the Seattle ties, because mm. of what Ichiro did before that, even a little bit Kazuhiro Suzaki, Kenji Jojima. There is a history of uh, Japanese players being very successful to Seattle. There's obviously a huge cultural tie between Seattle and Japan. That's actually, I think, hurt them in the past with some of these Japanese players. A lot of players do not want to live in the footsteps of Ichiro Suzuki as the most popular Japanese player by a long, long shot. I think this one might be a little different. Uh, let's go ahead and group number two and three together. Uh, Yoshinobu, Yamamoto, and Blake Snell, because both of these guys won Cy Youngs last year, one of them winning a Cy Young, the Sawamura Award uh, in Japan, but considered one of the best pitchers in the world, regardless of what league he was played in. He also won the MVP award. And then Blake Snell, who I think is a beyond prohibitive favorite to win the Cy Young in the National League. Um, you know, hasn't been announced yet, but I'm pretty sure he's going to take that thing home. It's interesting, as Feinstead points out, this guy was one in six with a 5.40 ERA over his last first nine starts and then was just absolutely dominant. We have seen Blake Snell have a lot of success also seen Blake Snell when he has issues with command not be so great, but I do think that both of them are looking at a big old contract here. Uh, Yoshi, uh, Yamamoto potential fits listed here. The Dodgers, of course, and I think the Dodgers have to be a massive favorite for Yamamoto. They need starting pitching help so bad. This was true before the Kershaw news. It becomes even more true now. I think there'll be players for Blake Snell as well. Uh, listed fits here. The Cardinals, um, do they need pitching help, Drew? Uh, the yeah. Dodgers and the Padres. I honestly think Seattle and Atlanta will be players here for Blake Snell as well. But two of the better starting pitchers of the 2023 season, one of course overseas, one that we got a chance to see stateside going to be available on the free agent market. You know, and I you group these two together. I, I think like – 
there's probably four or five players that could contend for being considered the number two free agent. Like Aaron Nola, Cody Bellinger is going to get a big contract. Like yes. he's he's a super high risk, high reward type of player. Um, but but he's going to be vying for probably maybe like even the second highest contract behind Otani. Um, yeah, I mean Yamamoto, a, a guy I you know I've only seen pitch over YouTube and like at the World Baseball Classic, but. Uh, a lot of MLB scouts think that he can be like a number two, number one, number two type oh, yeah. starting pitcher, right? As he jumps to the majors, he's only 25 years old too, which is why he's probably going to earn more than Blake Snell and Aaron Nola. Like, you know, you, you, you give him a 10 year contract. You feel good about him being an effective starter over, over the course of that deal. Not many 10 year contracts to starting pitchers, but you, right. you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Like a high nineties fastball has that like, devastating splitter that Sick. a lot of Japanese players uh, toy with. He's going to have to, to command a posting fee too. There's that, that kind of reworked Japanese, you know, import system in place. Right. Um, what, what is it like that you pay 20% of the first 25 million, uh, 15% over 50 million. Like it's, it's something to, to that effect. Uh, but I, 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 I think he's going to get a really big contract. The Mets, I don't know. Like they had a lot of success with Kodai Senga. Mm-hmm. Um, could they dip back into that pool? I would love to see the Cardinals make a run at it. Um, because man, they, they, he would be just be a perfect fit because of the age and they need three starters. They've said they're going to go out and get three starters. Maybe they, they do two via free agent contracts and one via trade. I think they probably actually need five starting pitchers or, or right. you know, four, if you want to consider miles, Michaelis reliable, but other than that, like I don't trust Steven Matz. They, they need to be in contention for, for one of these top arms, Snell, Yamamoto or, or Nola. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what my pr- projection would be. If, if the Dodgers don't get Otani, I think Yamamoto just pencil his his name into Dodger blue. Like I, I think he, he would he would make a lot of sense as a fallback option. The issue though that we didn't talk about with Otani, like how how fast do you think this thing happens? Could he be one of the oh yeah? What could he be one of the last guys to sign? Yeah. Like you know, that's gonna set the market for for a lot of the the big spending teams sure. this winter. Yeah. Who aren't gonna really like want to make the these lower tier moves until they see what what happens with Otani where their bids stand with with Otani and his agent. Yeah, that's a great question and I think it's just going to kind of depend on how aggressive teams are. Like if somebody goes out and goes and says, "Look, you know, you said he's going to fall short of 500 million, but if you know that like if somebody if if his group comes to you and says 10 500 it's done, it might be hard to say no to that, man. It might be really hard to say, man, we can get this done right now type of thing. Or if they know that there's going, if they know their floor is like guaranteed 400 million over 10 years, something along that line, it could take a little while. It could take a while to see how this goes. And that's going to play a major effect. I think that's going to have an effect on the next guy I want to talk about, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. I mean, to say he had a bounce back season is the understatement of understatements. When he signed that contract and they, they declined the 25 million mutual option, I think most people were assuming it would be declined, but probably by the Cubs based on <laughs> what he had done over the last couple of seasons. I think that the uh, uh, Bellinger was pretty easily uh, going to decline that based on what he did in 2023. Um, has had another MVP season, has had a couple of dominant seasons between 
But like we were talking about Ian Snell or Ian Snell. I knew I would say it someday on this podcast. Blake Snell having some inconsistency. Uh, it's extreme for Cody Bellinger, for sure. He's had some awful Major League Baseball seasons. I think he's probably looking at like six two hundred something along those lines that and that's a risky contract i think look nobody's going to file for chapter 11 signing cohen cody bellinger for six two hundred but teams do have budgets i have noticed that that teams do operate under budgets it's frustrating that they aren't higher but they do i'm going to be really curious to see how that market plays out because even if cody bellinger isn't a great hitter he does provide some value with defense he is yeah. a guy you know, that I've heard nice things about as a clubhouse dude too. And that does matter in this type of situation. I think a reunion with the Cubs is going to happen. I just think that there is a good fit here. I think that Craig Council is probably going to be able to talk him into coming back to the team. I don't expect it to be at a discount, but I do think that ultimately the Cubs are the team that makes sense. The Giants might make a lot of sense here as well. Yeah. It's just, you don't really know what you're getting. Like, I mean, in 2021, he batted 165 with a 542 OPS. It's insane. He was only slightly better in 2022. Like between those two seasons, a 193 batting average in 900 plate appearances. Oof. And then he he signs with the Cubs and, and comes out and hits 307 uh, with 26 homers, 20 steals, 97 RBIs. And I don't know. Like, but you're right. I guess the way to look at it is he's a good defensive player. You can put him at any spot in the outfield. He can play center field. He can play first base. Um, you feel good about that, like giving the contract to Flora. I don't think he's going to approach $200 million, but it only takes one owner, one team to be like this. He's back. He's back to being MVP level, rookie of the year level, Cody Bellinger that he was in the early part of his career with the Dodgers. Let's commit to him. Um, I, I'm going to say like six years, 175 million. I, I agree with you. I think he stays with the Cubs. Sure. It, it was obviously a great fit and it looks like they're willing to spend money this winter because they just committed $40 million <laughs> to a manager. Yeah. So I, I, I think it would really irk their fan base if they let Bellinger move along. He was a big part, a huge part of the reason why they were knocking on the door to make the playoffs this year. Um, and I, I, it's, it seemed like he loved it in, in Chicago. So if, if there's like a close number with a different team, I, I think he, he winds up staying on the north side there. Absolutely. Uh, so five through nine are all pitchers, three starters and one reliever. Uh, Aaron Nola, who we talked about before, I think really helped his case with his play in the postseason. Um, yep. It's hard for me to imagine that he's not back with the Phillies, but – I do think that they're like the Cardinals have to be interested. The Giants, who I think we've mentioned for every free agent so far, are another team that makes sense here. Uh, Josh Hader, the best closer in baseball. Um, it's just going to be, it wouldn't shock me if the Phillies were interested here as well. The Rangers make a ton of sense for oh, me yeah. here as well, just because, you know, as a team that won the World Series more in spite of their bullpen than because of it. Uh, and then Jordan Montgomery and Marcus Stroman, both interesting arms here as well um who of those arms are you the most excited about Noah, for sure yes yeah. wait feinstein has stroman where oh, i'm sorry I, I i i said uh uh stroman sunny gray he, okay sunny yeah. gray my bad Sun, yeah. and sunny gray has had a really nice season he did um the atlanta makes a ton of sense for an arm like sunny gray as a southern boy uh yep. the cardinals as well there in fact yep. i would bet that is an atlanta versus st louis matchup for sunny gray that would not shock me 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm probably most intrigued by Aaron Nola because, you know, we've seen what he can be like when he's really put it all together. We've seen it in the playoffs the last two years. Um, he's like a he can be a dominant big game pitcher. Um, the stats were pretty lackluster this year, but he's kind of become one of the, the premier workhorses in baseball. Like he, he ranks number one in games started over the last six seasons, second in innings, third in strikeouts. Um, I don't think he's like missed any time since since 2017, at least hasn't spent time on the injured list. Um, so I, I would say he has the highest upside of any of these. And there's probably an argument to be made that he's the number two free agent out there. Like a, a lot of these guys are kind of grouped together right behind Otani. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what, what where Nola winds up. The Phillies make sense, you know, like as just to bring him back. That wouldn't shock me if that winds up happening. I think the Cardinals are definitely going to be in the running. Um, and then, yeah, like we're going to say Dodgers and Giants for like every every name we mentioned here, at least at the top end, um, makes sense for him. Jordan Montgomery, I think, makes sense for the Cardinals to to bring yeah. him back. Like, yeah, I really like that trade they they made. They got some good young talent. Um, that what Thomas Segis and D- Tacoa Roby. There sure. was another play in that deal too. Um, but he was a perfect fit in St. Louis. He was a perfect fit in Texas too, and and they really loved him. Big part. You know, any team that needs like reliable starting pitching, I, I don't know if he's like a top flight starter, but he's he's he can he can be dominant in stretches. Um, it helps usually when he's like pitching in a in a good pitcher friendly home ballpark because he does allow a lot of fly balls often. Um, but he he'd be a really nice fit back in St. Louis or back in Arlington, Texas. Like the Red Sox kind of need a guy like that. Um, so I, I don't know if, if they miss out on Otani, which I, again, I think they're going to make a play for him. I, I could see them funneling some funds toward, toward a Jordan Montgomery type pitcher, even like a Sonny gray. I would say Montgomery gets about like five years, 115 million. Yeah. Um, so, something along the, those lines. Good you know, for because, him, man. Yeah. And it is a, like, it's a top heavy starting pitching market as, as mm-hmm. you see, as, as we're going to go along here. Like I mentioned, Marcus Stroman, I, I don't know if I would trust him with a, no. a contract in like the hundred million dollar range. Um, so I, I think Montgomery might be, or Montgomery, Sonny Gray. I don't know. Maybe Eduardo Rodriguez too. He officially became a free agent on Monday, or I guess it was on Saturday, opting yeah. out of the the final three years, forty nine million dollars that he had in his contract with the Tigers. I guess the the Tigers and Rodriguez tried to restructure that at the last minute, um, but you know. He, he declined a, a trade to the Dodgers. He wanted to kind of control his own destiny, hit free agency, and, and get a payday, which, you know, how can you blame him after the season that he had? He was really good all year for Detroit. So as we were talking, the full list of players to receive a qualifying offer became official today. According to Jeff, Jeff P. something, I've never heard of the guy. He looks interesting. Uh, the full list, Shohei Otani, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, Josh Hader, Sonny Gray and Matt Chapman. I think some people might be a little surprised that Chapman gets the qualifying offer here just because of how things ended. Here's the list of players that didn't. No real big surprise, except for to me, Teoscar Hernandez does not get the qualifying offer. Not that surprising based on like an inconsistent season. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Jorge Soler, Reese Hoskins, and Mitch Garver do not receive the qualifying offer. Any surprises there for you? No, not really. Yeah, no. I I, th- I thought when I was you know like last week when I was looking at the the options to to get the qualifying offer, I thought Tiasker T- Hernandez was the only one that was kind of on the line because he felt like he was going to turn it down. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then and then the Mariners could recoup a, a draft pick for that. But maybe they felt that it was, it was too risky. Like maybe he'll accept and try to come back on a bounce back, you sure. know, as a bounce back year hopeful and then try to cash in next winter. So I guess I understand the thinking there. Um, but no, none of those surprised me. Um, Reese Hoskins wasn't healthy. He wasn't going to get one. Um, I, Matt Chapman is, is such an interesting case because yeah, let's know, he, go right into him now. Yeah. I mean, he just had a really weird season. Like he had an awesome April. Huge. And I was thinking, all right, this is a perfect fit with Toronto. He's moved further and further away from that, that hip injury that kind of, you know, sullied the, the end of his tenure in Oakland. Like he's going to be a perfect fit with this Blue Jays team, team offensively and defensively. Um, but then like, you know, the second half of the season, especially like mid season, he was pretty dreadful. Um, and now he's getting up there in age. Um, he hasn't posted an 800 OPS since 2020. I don't know. Like he, he's when, when the power is right, he, he got hot like, like again toward the end of the year. And I was, that, that's part of the, why I liked the blue Jays in the playoffs, but that was a, a quick exit for them. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would, I would assume you can rely on the defense, even though what he's pushing age 31, right. He's, he's still a really good defender at, at third base and the, the power comes in spurts, but it's there. Um, so I think maybe some team will, will dream on him as like a really good fit. You know, the Diamondbacks just went to the World Series with a, mm -hmm. a third base situation that was really in flux. Like yeah. Evan Longoria was awful in the playoffs. They threw in Emmanuel Rivera in there for what? I think that was game four. Um, they had Jace Peterson playing third base a lot down the stretch. If, if they want to make a splash, they've already been connected to Justin Turner. Um, which would make sense, but I, Matt Chapman would excite me a lot more um, with that young team in that ballpark. I think it would be a really good fit for, for his power. Um, I, I would love to see them do it. They might as well spend some money at, maybe they're going to think about spending it on the pitching side, but they, they like have a clear glaring hole at third base and, and Matt Chapman would be a perfect fit there. I wonder if like the Cubs, you know, they had a, a third base situation that was in flux all year. Um, do the Tigers spend money? They've got an opening at, at third base, like yeah. you know, and, and they're they're not paying Eduardo Rodriguez now. They they what they finished six games under the five hundred mark. You know, they Spencer Torkelson took a big step forward. Riley Green can hopefully stay healthy and be better. Um, if they can get some of those talented young starters to just stay healthy, uh, they could be ready to kind of make a push toward contention. And, and getting a guy like Matt Chapman would make a lot of sense. You know, it was interesting looking at the potential fits that are listed there for Chapman. Uh, Blue Jays, Dodgers, I guess, does make some sense. Their third base situation's a little bit questionable. I think they have enough depth there that I don't think that they're going to give him a big contract or honestly give up a draft pick because they're kind of big on that type of stuff, you know, keeping the rebuild yeah. stuff. The Yankees are also listed as a fit here. I can so see the Yankees signing Matt Chapman and New York fans turning on him like five. <laughs> Makes, he strikes out a lot because <laughs> he, he does not make hard contact yeah. you know um just or doesn't make a lot of contact is really what yeah. i meant to right. say there he does make hard contact when he makes contact yes he does and it is worth pointing out you know he only had the 19 homers this year but he hit 39 doubles and it would not shock me if some of those doubles turned into homers again um and he's still a really good defensive player. I'd still put him as the best third baseman in baseball. Defensively, all due respect to some really good players. Um, the other name we have, only name we didn't talk about in the top ten on this list yet is JD Martinez. And what an absolute song the Dodgers got JD Martinez mm -hmm. for last year. One year, ten million dollars. 
Some of that is likely based on him taking less money to go to the Dodgers based on some stuff that I've heard, wanting to work with some of their coaches over there. But an 893 OPS, 33 homers, did drive in 101 runs, helped by the fact that he got a lot of guys to drive in. <laughs> but he was a really good player. Uh, Angels and Mets among, also among the Dodgers listed here. I think the Mets might be a pretty darn good landing spot for J.D. Martinez. I could see that working out kind of well. Yeah, I think Mark Feinstein on this list has has him a little high. You know, I, I just like the, the market doesn't really value DH types it's true. very well. Um, I guess, you know, if you're ranking him in terms of like what kind of contract he's going to get, I think he, he might just be like a two-year deal. Two um, years, 30 million is what I would guess for him. Something along those lines. Yeah, maybe a little bit higher on the AAV, okay. but I, I agree. Like somewhere in that range and – there aren't like a ton of natural landing spots, just like anyone that, that needs a DH. Um, uh, let me think. Yeah. The Mets, I guess. Yeah. would make Seattle, sense. If they don't get Shohei Otani better upgrade the DH position. I'm telling you right. Flipping now that if I have to watch Tommy LaStella <laughs> and uh, Cooper Hummel and these guys be my designated flipping hitter again, I'm going to take hostages. I, yeah. it, it, it's, it's out here. It's being listened to by hundreds of thousands of people. I am admitting that I will commit crimes if I ha- if they do not upgrade the DH position. And, hey, let's segue into someone I have wanted the Seattle Mariners to get for a long time, Jorge Soler, who opts out of his contract. Oh, yeah. A little surprised he doesn't get the qualifying offer, but it's the Marlins, so I'm not that surprised. Not exactly a team that's known for bandying about $20 million contracts hit 36 home runs, opt out of the final year of the $9 million left on his contract. Potential fits here listed are the Cubs, Marlins, and Orioles. Orioles actually make a little bit of sense, I guess. Kind of weird one for me just because they have so much depth. I'd like that. I, yeah, I, I, the Marlins, though, I don't really see a reunion now. Um, Cubs, sure, if they need some DH help. I think Seattle makes a ton of sense for Jorge Soler. I'm into that. I mean, the Giants make sense too. You like sure? any any team that just needs a raw power bat, you could put kind of Jorge Soler and, and JD Martinez in, in the same group. Even though Soler can play some outfield and, and is okay out there, has a big arm at least. Uh, I'm thinking like, does any team that needs power? The Guardians, of course. <laughs> like, sure, man, they could use some thump. The he new was a really, now? yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> geez. Um, I mean, the the Marlins make a lot of sense too. Like, yeah. I, I I guess it it, it ended poorly, um, just in the way that he he opted out of the contract. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they go back and there it was it was obviously a good fit, and and they need like some some veteran power that he can provide. Um, yeah, I don't know the Padres. Honestly, actually, like if you yeah. if you if you put them in the DH role, they're sure. going to be paying Matt Carpenter. I wonder if they're just going to cut him, even though he picked yeah. it was a five point five million dollar player option, but he was he was pretty useless last Get year. Get the bag, Matt. Yeah, get the bag. Good for you, man. Um, Good for him. But yeah, I think that is. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we talked about Eduardo Rodriguez. I think the potential fits here for Feinstein lists are really interesting. Here, the Orioles, the Reds, and the Tigers. I mean, you talk about teams that need that starting pitching help. Obviously, the Tigers had. Eduardo Rodriguez. It's a little interesting seeing him opting out after he declines the trade to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Maybe in my head, I was thinking, oh, maybe he wants to stay here, but I don't blame him for doing it. Like maybe he just really didn't want to go to Los Angeles. Maybe he, uh, moving sucks, man. Yeah. He's a big, he's a big SAG fan and he doesn't want to, uh, do anything to interrupt the strike. So going on over there or something like that. I don't know, but 
That was a was, that was a reach. That was oh, a reach. Man, huge reach. <laughs> uh, but I think the Reds and Orioles make a ton of sense for Eduardo Rodriguez, particularly the Orioles. They have to address the starting pitching if they are yeah, serious. Yeah. And all all signs point to them, yes, that they do want to be a significant World Series contender. And heck, they were last year. I, I know it ended poorly in the postseason, but they were one of the very best teams in baseball. I think a reunion for Eduardo Rodriguez in Baltimore does make some sense. Yeah. I mean, in Boston too. Yeah. That, that would make a lot of sense. Arizona, sure. man, I, I I think he would be a perfect fit yeah. for the Diamondbacks. Um, it depends on, you know, what kind of, it, I think this contract could be actually pretty similar to the one that he opted out of, which was five years, 77 million, um, which I think it'll, it'll be like a reasonably looked at as a reasonable price tag for a lot of teams that maybe don't want to spend big, but really want to improve their pitching staff. And I think the Diamondbacks, the Tigers, even though he opted out, would fall into that. The Twins could use a guy. Um, not that they like had pitching problems last year, but th- they could use a guy to eat, eat some innings in, in the fashion that Eduardo Rodriguez does. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I kind of like – I would like a Diamondbacks offseason to be Matt Chapman and Eduardo Rodriguez, and I think they'd be just a lot more solid. Um, even though they made it to the World Series this year, there there certainly were – you know, some flaws. It wasn't the greatest team. I mean, they, they, they snuck in with the, the final NL wild card. Yeah. Um, I, I think that'd be a really good off season for them, but I mean, Boston makes like all the sense in the world, Baltimore. I think the teams we listed are, 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 are going to be running for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You talked about how you thought JD Martinez was too high on this list. I'll tell you somebody who's way too low and that's Jung Ho Lee. Who's 13th. Um, hit 340, 407, 491. Uh, one of the best players in Korea, expected to be posted by the Kiwoom Heroes soon. Did undergo uh, off se- ankle seam surgery that ended his season, I believe, in August. But this dude can hit. This dude can run. This dude can play. I think that you're looking at a fairly large interest in here. Potential fits listed here are the Giants, Mariners, and Yankees. It'd be a little weird for me because I think Lee is like that prototypical center fielder. The Mariners already have their prototypical center fielder, but they're going to need some other help in the outfield. It's hard to rely on Jared Kelnick based on what he's done over his time. And Teoscar Hernandez gone would not shock me one bit if Lee is lining up for the Mariners. And I think he's one of the more exciting and underrated fantasy uh, potential ads. Yeah, I agree with you on, on his fantasy skill set. Um, and He's 25 years old. Like, yeah. th- you know, this is this is going to be really intriguing for like maybe even t- a team that's not necessarily in contention right now. I, I like the, would this be the kind of move like the Nationals look I can see to it. make? Like, sure. give give him a long term contract, let him get comfortable in Major League Baseball, and and see what happens. Like his season ended this year because of a broken ankle. He had he had surgery on it, um, but a, a lot of talent. Um, and I, I, I think he, he would make sense for a wide range of teams because of the youth and what he can do offensively, maybe like a fallback plan for Cody Bellinger, yeah. um, for the teams that are in the Cody Bellinger race and, sure. and don't, don't make it. Maybe we see like some, some big, big spenders turn their attention to, to Jung-Hoo Lee. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, speaking of the Diamondbacks next up on this list, Lourdes Gurriel. Kind of a mixed year, but yeah. uh, better than Dalton Marshall. <laughs> when you when True. you look back on that trade, I think that's one that Toronto might not be looking back on so fondly. Uh, Seven seventy two OPS did drive in eighty two uh, runs with twenty four homers. Um, 
metrics suggest he was a lot better than those numbers that he put up as well. Ranked pretty high in hard, hard hit percentage. Decent little defensive player. Uh, Braves, uh, D-backs, and Yankees listed as potential fits. Would not be shocked if we saw a reunion there. Um, and then the other bat that I wanted to talk about uh, was Teoscar Hernandez, because I think that they're pretty similar situation type of yeah. guys. And I'll be really interested to see. It feels like one of them is going to get the bag and one of them is not. Which one you would you be more interested in? Probably Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, I think the offensive upside, especially with the powers, is just yeah. more prevalent there with, with Teoscar Hernandez. Like, I mean, just just compare the slugging percentages. Yeah, um, yeah I I don't know. I I might and like Guriel's not a great defender. You know, he like played some infield in, in the early part of his career after coming over from Cuba. Uh, he's gotten better, like in the corner outfield. Um, not that Teoscar Hernandez is like a, a reliable outfielder either. Yeah, they're they're pretty similar situations, and you can yeah. see similar teams being in the like they. The Guardians make sense as landing spots for for both of them. Just just needing a little extra offense. I wouldn't hate it if one of them winds up in Colorado. Just because, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you can be like a flawed player who struggles with breaking pitches or something. But you know, when you're playing in Colorado, a lot of that gets gets washed away. The Mets, I guess, make sense as as landing spots for for either of them too. And and probably the Giants as well, like just you know a team that needs to add some offense. I'm but I, 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 I think maybe either of them could. I don't know. I, I agree with you. Like one of them is going to get paid, and one of them is going to come really on on a pretty good bargain or something. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Teoscar Hernandez also much better away from the not so friendly confines of T-Mobile Park, um, which I think teams will kind of yeah look at as well because T. There's been a lot of right-handed hitters who just have not lived up to expectation who have signed in Seattle. For every Nelson Cruz, we have some Richie Sexons and some other guys who just haven't quite gotten it done. I'm very sorry for saying we. Uh, Shoto Imanaga, um, a guy who had a 7-5 record but a 2.66 ERA for the Yokohama Bay Stars. Um, as Feinstein says, he's been one of the best pitchers in the Central League. Uh, better than a strikeout per inning throughout the career. He's expected to be posted. I think you're looking at more of a back-end starter guy, and which is why the list of the Dodgers and the Giants makes sense. The Dodgers just need arms. The yeah. Dodgers are going to be, like, rumored for every starting pitcher to ever exist. The Do You know, like, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a Lance Lynn reunion for a lot cheaper contract. I wouldn't be shocked if they're in on, basically, Marcus Stroman if he does sign a smaller contract. He's an arm that is going Michael to be Michael Walker became a free agent. Too. Yeah, that, absolutely. That would make sense. Absolutely. Uh, Lucas Giolito, the other arm here. Uh, absolutely atrocious after that trade. Uh, 6.89 ERA with the Angels and 7.04 ERA with the Guardians. The Giolito one is really interesting to me, Drew. What type of deal is he looking at based on how that second half goes? I think he might even like want to take a, a sort of bounce back contract. Sure. Like would he just accept a, a one year deal with like a, a high number and hope that he can show that he's I still so. somewhere close to like being a, a potentially good starter. Mm -hmm. um, but there, again, like the, as we've gone through this list, you know, there aren't many reliable starting pitchers after you get through the first five or six names. So maybe some team is just going to dream on that. He can return to form. And give him like a four-year, eighty million dollar contract. Like 
it wouldn't necessarily stun me. Um, the Cardinals, the Dodgers, uh, the Tigers, maybe like see him as a bounce back candidate. If, if, if the number climbs to where he is willing to accept like a, a prove it type contract, maybe the Tigers get in the mix. We haven't talked about the Reds at all, but you know, uh, yeah. like they need to do something. They should have gotten sure. some starting pitching at the deadline. 100%. Um, like Giolito might make sense as a, a fit there. I wouldn't love to see him pitching at great American ballpark, but if it's like a, a reasonable sort of team friendly number, um, that's uh, Giolito's a kind of guy that I could see them taking a little bit of a chance on. Yeah. I would like that too. Just as a guy and, who really likes yeah. Lucas Giolito too, to play for a really fun team. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, I think Amon, um, how do you say his name? Uh, Shoto Imanaga. Imanaga. He was yeah. the uh, starter against the United States in, in the world baseball classic championship yeah. game. If, if people can remember that, it feels like it was a few years ago, but <laughs> it sure does. Uh, just back in March. And, and he looks, he looks really sharp, a left-hander. I could see him, really cashing in and he's he's older than uh yamamoto by 30 think, yeah 30 years old um so he's not going to get as big of a contract but he could potentially be a guy that hits the ground running um right when he gets to the to the majors so i think the most interesting name just because i could see such a wide variety of landing spots in terms of dollars and teams is reese hoskins so as everyone knows reese hoskins are probably everybody knows missed all of 2023 with a torn ACL uh, was not given the qualifying offer. That doesn't surprise me whatsoever, but look, when this guy has been healthy, he has been one of the best power sources for right-handed power in all of baseball. And I think the listing teams that finds that his here, they'd be the teams that I would imagine that makes sense for him. The most too is the Brewers, the Mariners and the Padres, especially after Ty France had such a, disappointing it's not even close to uh selling it how bad that Ty France was for most of the season and how much pop the Mariners need especially now that T. Oscar Hernandez is not likely to be back with the team I think that makes a ton of sense the Brewers have been interested in every power hitting first baseman forever and <laughs> ever and ever and the Padres make sense too because the Padres can make him let him DH you know um Jake Cronenworth can play all over the field, that, that type of thing. I think all three of those landing spots make the sense, make a lot of sense. I'm just fascinated to see what kind of contract he's looking at because I imagine it's going to be a short-term thing, but probably for a pretty decent little AAV. Yeah, I mean, he was working out, kind of potentially pushing toward being on the Phillies roster had they made it to the World Series and not been bounced by the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. So I, I would feel good about where his – his knee is, you know, with another four months now for him to, to rest and rehab. Um, I, man, how about Colorado on like a oh, one year? Let's, awesome. let's, let's, let's get right. Let's show the, the, the league. I'm, I'm still Reese Hoskins. Like when Reese Hoskins is healthy, he's one of the more reliable power hitters. Like his, you know, OPS plus is always hovering like the 130 range. He's always pushing towards 30 home runs. Um, I, I would like to see him go to course field and, and put mm -hmm. up big numbers and then, you know, like kind of bet on himself and use the course field effect to his advantage and then cash in next winter. Um, I, I think Colorado would actually make a lot of like a one year, $18 million contract. Why not? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm the, uh, let's see. Yeah. Milwaukee makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The, Cu the Cubs. Yeah. Maybe. Um, who else haven't we talked about? I want to mention every team on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Pirates? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look. Why not? The Pirates need a why, first baseman. 
why not? Like, that's the thing is like, he kind of has this just wide open market. He, I mean, sure. kind of has to, right? Like yeah. he can't be too picky based on missing a full season. It's unfortunate that that comes, you know, but that's just the nature of the situation. Selfishly, I kind of want him to be a Seattle Mariner. I would really like to see him because he's just a fun player. And I would love to see Suspetta's family barbecue saying congrats on the Homer dude. I see how Mariner player uh, Yariel Rodriguez, one of the more fascinating, I think arms posted a 1.15 ERA for the Chinucci dragons in the central league um, pitched for team Cuba, but then he didn't go to Japan. He went to go work out um, stuff is really good, but this is going to be a really interesting thing where I think the showcase is really going to matter for Rodriguez. And he has had, um, so showcases already, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be fascinated to see like a landing spot for him. A uh, fine sand list is the white socks as a potential. I could see that. Like it's a nice lot spot that would like basically guarantee him a rotation spot. That's what I would be looking for at Rodriguez is like, yeah, the contract's going to be nice. Put me somewhere where I know I'm going to pitch. And that's why a team like the white Sox, the Yankees, I guess make a little bit of sense. And the Padres as well are the listed teams. But I think anybody looking for, a back-end starter with some upside is going to show interest in Rodriguez. Yeah, he, he worked in relief those two years in Japan and had great numbers, but it sounds like he wants to start. Right. And why not? You know, starters tend to make a lot more money than sure. than relievers do. Yeah, but good stuff, like a high 90s fastball, a slider. Um, he's He's been getting these glowing reviews from those showcases that he's been holding in the Dominican Republic. Officially got declared a free agent on Friday. A defector from some Cuba, so we had like some hoops to jump through. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think a, a team that's willing to give him a chance to to work out of the rotation is, is where he winds up going. And and then I actually think maybe he settles in a bullpen role. Not that I know a ton about the player. I haven't been in the Dominican, though. I'd like to go oh. this winter um, to, to to check out some Yariel Rodriguez showcases. Sure, um, yeah, but it, from from all. From everything that I've read about him, he he could be a really effective major league reliever, mm-hmm. um, but he wants to be a starter, and and I think I think maybe yeah there there'll be multiple teams because of the lack of options on, among starters on this market that are going to give him a chance to to work out of a rotation spot. Speaking of that, Marcus Stroman, um, Stroman was um, so good in that first half of the year, a two point nine six ERA. And then the injuries in the second half. And unfortunately, whether it's fair or not, Marcus Stroman's build is going to get held against him here. Now, he's gotten some big contracts here. But I imagine that Stroman is, it's not completely fair to compare him to Giolito because he wasn't nearly as bad as Giolito. But I think it's a similar situation where you're looking at like a one or two year type of prove it deal, maybe a one year deal with a player option type of thing, um, a way to land him uh, listed teams that are potential fits are the Cubs, the Cardinals and the angels. All three of those make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah one of the best pitchers in baseball through like middle, the middle of June, but didn't pitch a ton in the second half because of hip and, and the rib cage injury. Um, when he did pitch, he had a ERA over nine, um, over his final nine starts, it's just hard to know what you're going to be getting from this guy. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to take the risk, but then again, like, yeah, all these starters after the, the top group are, are risky. Would you rather have Giolito or Stroman? I think I'd probably How rather have Waka in there too. Yeah. Oh, that's close. Like 
Waka was really good this year. Yeah, he was. Like, he, he was. And I think maybe getting better where the other guys maybe not getting better, if that yeah. makes sense. Or yeah. I guess I would say I'm more confident in Waka's path right now than I am in either of those other two guys. If I'm going pure upside, I'm probably going Giolito because when Giolito's been at his best, he's been the best, I think, of those three guys. Like, this was a legitimate ace, like a Cy Young candidate. As mm-hmm. good as Marcus Stroman was for a half a season, I can't really say the same thing for him. And I do. I just have concern about the fact that he doesn't get any playing because he is backup point guard size as a starting pitcher. It's just a little tougher. I guess I would go with Waka over those three. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think that's too. the one that makes sense. Um, How about the Royals for, for Stroman? There you go. That makes sense. I think the Royals make sense for a bunch of starting pitching options. Yeah. Like, get better. For, for <laughs> get like, better. Yeah, but yeah, like you know, they it's time for them to take a little risk, and yeah, a lot, a lot of these starters are risky, but they they got to try it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, couple of infielders who are I think similar in what they're going to get in ultimate production, but not really similar in skill set. Uh, Whit Merrifield and Heimer Candelario. Uh, Candelario was kind of quietly a really nice little player last year, an eight oh seven OPS with the Nationals and Cubs. Uh. Merrifield, not quite the same player that he was in right before the start of the decade, but still a fairly nice guy. He can still run. The sprint speed is near the top of baseball, and he can play all over the field. I think both guys are probably looking at a two- or three-year deal for a pretty similar amount. Which one would you be more excited about in terms of, like, let's say one of them does land with one of the better teams in baseball. Which one are you more intrigued by from fantasy no, the obvious answer might be Merrifield because of the stolen bases. Oh, I disagree. I, oh, oh, for I fantasy, think, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that's the thing. Is like from, like, let's say one of the two is landing with the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers actually would make sense for either of these players. Which one would, you, or the Cubs? Which one would you be more excited to see land the the bigger contract, or like in terms of who's going to rank higher on your fantasy rankings? Is I guess what you Merrifield. Merrifield, like you know, I I, I think Candelario is a bet a far better hitter actually. Like yeah, he had a ton of doubles last year for the Nationals and Cubs. He's already been tied to the Yankees, which I think would actually make a lot of sense. Merrifield's, you know, all due respect to the guy, he's he's always been a flawed player. He's been awesome in fantasy pretty much throughout his career. We didn't get the full Merrifield Renaissance that that we thought we might get this year. You know, there were there were fantasy managers fantasy analysts in the spring who were really excited about him he did make the all-star team had a good first half but was just pretty brutal down the stretch and then wound up not really playing much i I worry that he's going to go somewhere and be a utility player like if he does land with a contender that that identifies him as like a a more of a real life value um then i wouldn't love his fantasy value on the other side of that yeah Um, that's a good point i i think candelario is going to wind up I don't know. Yeah, a team that needs help at first base and third base, like like mm-hmm. the Yankees do. They're not sure about what Anthony Rizzo is going to be moving forward, and you know DJ LeMahieu can can play some some other spots on the infield. Um, I I think Candelario would would be a good fit, like a nice solid boost in as like your number six, number five hitter. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't thinking of this guy before, but he kind of makes a lot of sense for Seattle too because. A guy who can play first base, a guy who can play third base. And look, Eugenio Suarez, still one of the best defensive players, was pretty terrible with the bat for the majority of the 2023 season. And he can be your DH type guy option. Like he's like that guy who can replace 
because there, it's worth betting on one of the two bouncing back, like of France and Suarez. I would bet probably on Suarez just because of the power still being there. But like one of those two probably bounces back and Candelario can be the replacement for the other guy. Jerry, give me a call. Justin, give me a call. <laughs> this might make a lot of sense. Uh, closing out the list, uh, we've got three more players. Jack Flaherty. I think Jack Flaherty, you were talking about like starters going to bad teams. This is the guy I think is going to get the contract from the bad team. Kansas City, (laughs) Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Washington. One of these teams just makes a ton of sense for Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty is only 28 years old. There's still time for him to rebound and be a nice player. Am I willing to bet on it with a multi-year deal? No, I am not. But he makes sense as a one or two-year deal guy to get that bounce back, to get a chance for him to enter free agency in 2024 or 2025. I'm going to be really interested to see where he lands. He also mentions the Rays as a potential landing spot. The Rays have done wonders with this type of profile. It obviously makes some sense. I know. Man, that's a nice fit. I I just don't believe that his shoulder's healthy. Yeah. You know, and and nothing he did last year. Like, man, he had had that one good debut start for the Orioles, and then it all cratered, and then he's in a bullpen roll down the stretch and in the playoffs. I I just – I don't – he probably needs shoulder surgery. He was diagnosed with a slap tear in his shoulder like four years ago, and it hasn't really been addressed, and his mechanics have been off since then. Um, I just – I don't think he's healthy. Um, and, and we know how shoulder issues can like really be debilitating for a career. And sometimes they can't even be surgically corrected, you know, like fully successfully having surgery on it. Um, but yeah, the Rays would make a lot of sense. I, I, I agree. I think he winds up going to a bad team, mm-hmm. man. What if like, how about the angels too? I don't think they're a there very go. good team like that, yeah. that. That would make sense as a fit and a return home for him. If the A's are going to sign anyone, like I could see them signing a, a Jack Flaherty, it wouldn't maybe be the best allocation of resources, but they have to kind of start dreaming on somebody. And yeah. I guess he, he is a guy you can dream on if you can fix him and get him healthy. You, that's that's your max bet guy. If you're playing the slot machines in Vegas, is your Jack Flaherty sure. is the guy. By the way, a little gambling advice: always do max bet. Maybe go to a smaller machine if you don't want to do stuff, but always do max what's the, what's the theory behind that um if you get your big bonus and you are betting the like smaller medium you're yeah. going to hate yourself for the That's rest true. of your life it's just and most of them the max bet gives you better odds of actually getting that bonus i was gonna say thing. do you have yeah. do you have do you have confirmation of some, that? Some. i, I, I kind of believe it they they have it like on the little like machine it says max bet means more wild oh, does it really? more okay. stuff like that not all of them some yeah. of them are like the uh the progressive games maybe not doing that as much but the games that rely on wilds and stuff i know way too much about we got off the rails here we got off yeah we sure did and why would we do that when we can talk about hunter renfro and harrison bader who we don't have to list we do uh hunter renfro has played for every major league baseball team and you can't convince me otherwise uh despite the fact that he has only been like a full-time player since 2018 has not really put together a consistent season but i imagine the he lists the Guardians as a uh, potential landing spot. I think that makes a ton of sense. Pirates as well. And then Harrison Bader, if he can stay healthy, he's a pretty darn good player. He's a guy you can dream on, man. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually does pretty well. This I country. hope so. I, I would. Mean, I hope so. The, the Cubs, the Giants, and Nationals listed as fits there. He's going to be like that fallback, fallback, fallback thing, I think. Yeah. Like the, the teams that can't get 
Bellinger, <laughs> Bellinger Lee, yeah. Lee, that's the next going to be that next option. Uh, Drew, I'm just looking at this list just to close things out. And I'm even looking at like some also mentioned type of guys. Drew, this bullpen market sucks. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's got to be the worst bullpen market I can think of. And Jordan we didn't Hicks. Talk whole, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I guess. It's just like you look at this, and I think that's one of the reasons why Josh Hader is looking at a bag. I mean, he was before yep. anyway. But the drop-off from Hader to that next best reliever in terms of free agents is just massive. Yeah, Kenley Jansen still has the, the record contract for a reliever, right? Like 80, 80-something million. I, I, I think, think Hader's so. going to beat that. Um, I think it's going to be in the $90 million range, which is a ton of money to give a guy who oh, only yeah. works one inning. But some team's going to do it. Uh, you mentioned the Rangers earlier. Like Bob Nightingale of USA Today said executives that he talked to said, they all say he's going to the Rangers. That's mm. just speculation for now, sure. but um, I, it makes it, it makes a ton of sense. And they're not afraid to spend money as we've seen. They, that's kind of the last piece that they need is is bullpen help. Uh, you know, yeah, teams are going to have to like build their bullpens from within or get really creative with trades because there is there's no help out there. Like Jordan Hicks, I don't know if if anyone really trusts him. There's already talk about maybe the the Cardinals trying to re-sign him. I, I don't think he's going to like get a ton of money. Uh, Seth Lugo isn't on the list. I think he's going to do, do pretty well this winter. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's only like a two-year contract, but he was solid with the Padres um, yeah. in a starting role. And, and I think, you know, yeah, given the state of the starting pitching market, I, I think he's going to get a pretty decent contract, even if it's only like a two- or three-year deal. And then uh, Mitch Garver, he didn't get a qualifying offer, right? He did not. Said? Yeah. Correct. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if he's the greatest catcher defensively, but – um, he can play the position, or he has played the position, and, and as an option at DH who has a lot of power. Like when he was healthy, um, he's—I mean—he's put up some monstrous power numbers in Minnesota and in Texas. I, I could see some team dreaming on him as like a power hitting catcher that can also cycle in at DH. The Marlins would make a lot of sense for him. The Rays, you know, mm-hmm. kind of have some openings now at at the catcher position. Uh, yeah, Kenta Maeda. Kenta uh, Maeda, yeah. Justin uh, Turner, we didn't talk about. Uh, we, I guess, we talked about him a little bit. A little bit, but yeah. Um, Clayton uh, Kershaw's technically a free agent, though he's he might not yeah. pitch next year. That that'll be an interesting one. David Robertson, who I think was looking at a much bigger contract about four months ago than I think he is right now, but uh, you know that reliable closer type of thing. I imagine somebody's going to be signing him to be an eighth or ninth inning arm. Uh, Luis Severino is kind of an interesting one for me too, Drew, just because I can't. I can picture somebody dreaming, picture somebody being like the version that we've seen when this guy is healthy and absolutely at his best. It it wouldn't shock me if he got like a one year, fairly substantial AAV deal or just a prove it deal with somebody. The Royals make a ton of sense. I think for somebody like Luis Severino, somebody who's just looking for like a back end starter who could end up being more. But let me ask you this, Drew. We mentioned all the names. We had, we went through all of them. Who is the first Big name free agent who signs a contract. Uh, maybe I Bellinger. Mean, is, you think Bellinger resigning with the Cubs? Yeah. Okay. If he's re, if he does wind up resigning with the Cubs, like, I think he really liked it there. Sure. Um, and that, yeah, I could see right. that happening. I, I think because I think Otani kind of, um, like I, I don't think the Cubs are in on Otani. It doesn't sound like they're going to be maybe they are but not like a serious contender 
Um, like any team that's going to be vying for Otani, it's going to be hard for them to like to to sign any of these top free agents because they just like how how can you plan your budget until Otani's off the board? I'm going to go with the Cardinals signing one of the starting pitchers. I'm not quite sure who it's going to be. They just go aggressive and get it done. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I could see it with Sonny Gray. I could definitely yeah. see it with like Sonny Gray being like willing to sign that four like ready to get this done. Yeah. Like yeah. That. I can see Sonny Gray. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to say though, it is those Cardinals like saying we have to be aggressive here. We have to get those names. It's going to be fun. And we'll be definitely updating it as we go. Um, we will not be talking about Notre Dame football anymore mm. because they just break my heart. They just break my heart. Let's, let's not. Okay. Let's not. All right. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire fantasy baseball podcast. You can follow me on whatever they call that website now at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Drew at Drew Silv. Don't put the A. You'll just find some weird stuff, man. Do not put that A. Thanks so much. We will be back next week, me and Ryan, hopefully talking about a big free agent signing or a big trade because uh, those are fun. Yep. Bye. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.